The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about this month's MarTech news. Joining us is Juan Mendoza, who is the author of the MarTech Weekly, which is a weekly email newsletter to help you navigate the marketing and technology industry with thousands of subscribers from the world's largest companies. And TMW also serves as the MarTech Podcast's sister newsletter. And today, Juan and I are going to discuss crumbling cookies and first-party data. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly. Juan, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks, Ben. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm hanging in there. It's been a rough year here in podcast land. And honestly, we lost our nanny, so I've been doing mostly child care. But hey, it's been a rough year for a lot of people here. There's been tech layoffs. There's Google's getting their lunch eaten by GPT Chat. Not sure if you heard about that one. It was all sorts of different changes. Talk to me about the biggest changes that you've been seeing in the MarTech landscape. Well, it hasn't been a good month for Google at all. I'm not sure if you noticed that the Department of Justice have just come out on Google saying that they are filing several lawsuits around antitrust and privacy against Google's massive advertising monolith. That's Google Advertising Manager. That's its sprawling display network and Google search itself. So we've been in this really funny state in January where there's been a lot of law enforcement going into big tech. This one with Google is perhaps the biggest lawsuit to date. That's obviously the most severe. Of course, it's going to be battled in the courts for months and years to come. But the news really came at a really interesting time when we start thinking about cookies and the role of third-party cookies and advertising and marketing. And as I'm sure you've covered as well, Ben, on the MarTech podcast, that there's change, right? We're moving away from third-party cookies. Uh, Apple's not supporting third-party cookies anymore. Google, increasingly, with the Chrome browser, is not supporting cookies anymore. And the massive question on everyone's mind is, what happens next? Where do we go? How do we do targeted advertising, programmatic advertising, without this cookie that's saved on your browser and follows you wherever you go on the internet. And so we'll dig in that in a little bit on what those alternatives could be. But this lawsuit from Google is actually a massive bellwether for what's going to happen, I think, within the ad tech industry and what's to come, I think. I want to get more into the first party data. So I'll just tell you how I feel about the Google lawsuit and then we can move on. It's being filed here in the United States. So I feel obligated as somebody who works in technology and lives in the United States 
to say that this is bullshit. <laughs> Honestly, the whole like Google and their ad network and the, oh, they've got a monopoly in advertising. No, they don't. Google doesn't have a monopoly in advertising. Facebook has a big advertising business. Amazon has a big advertising business. Apple has a big advert. Oh, by the way, people still buy ads on television. People still buy ads all over the place. If you told me Google has a search monopoly and search has to be broken up, fine, I get it. Google has a 90 plus percent market share in search. Saying Google has a advertising monopoly is like saying, I don't know, Safeway has a grocery monopoly. It's not true. There's lots of other vendors. There's lots of competition for ad dollars. Google is very competitive and they're broad in the same way that Amazon is broad, I don't know, in e-commerce or Apple is broad in developing great hardware. It's a ridiculous premise to me. Let's move on. It's going to get me all riled up. I need your help, Juan. I'm fired up today. <laughs> well, I think you're the only one that's fired up. I mean, it's got the ad tech industry definitely buzzing this DOJ case. But it is an interesting point. I mean, we're starting to think about, okay, where do we go from here? If third-party cookies is not going to be the viable way in which you do online advertising and grow your brand, where do you go next? And you know what? It is confusing. About three weeks ago, we did a piece of research on the Martech Weekly Newsletter talking about this chaotic phase in between third-party cookies and what happens next. And, you know, at the moment, according to research by a number of companies, there's more than 100 different ad tech businesses working on cookie replacement technologies. The majority of them, no surprise, is in the United States. But there's this interesting split out now of thinking about, well, how do you do, say, data sharing? How do you identify users, say, on a website? How do you enroll people into, say, advertising? All of those questions are starting to come up. And now there's sort of three main streams and it's a little bit chaotic, but I think first party data is going to be the one that's going to be the most dominant. And the three main streams are called uh, replace, rewrite, and rethink. All right. Replace, rewrite, and rethink. Let's walk through those one at a time. What's replace? So replace is all of the alternatives. Think of ripping out the third-party cookie technology and replacing with something else. So in that instance, we have things like Unified ID 2.0. We have things like ID5 and all these great acronyms, uh, mostly promoted by the Trade Desk and Lotomate, very big ad tech businesses. But they're starting to think about, okay, how do we actually start replacing it? What sort of technology that would scale like a third-party cookie? A third-party cookie is just saved on your device. And really what it does is it will follow you from site to site. It will collect data on you and then it will and it will follow you around with annoying e-commerce ads and sidebars and display, right? That's kind of what it does. But it's very scalable because it doesn't rely on a specific vendor to track you through each of those websites interactions. It's actually just relies on your browser. I mean, your browser is the technology that makes that all possible. And so Unified UID 2.0, that's the technology that is looking at, say, move more towards email addresses and that sort of positioning around, okay, if we collect your email, there's other ways in which we could share that data with advertisers and publishers so that we can track you across the web. So that's the first bit. <laughs> this is the equivalent of what's going through my head is it's not cookies, they're biscuits. It's different. <laughs> they taste like cookies. They look like cookies. They're baked like cookies. They have the same ingredients, but they have a different name. Yes. There's a lot of that kind of rebranding happening. But again, the technology is very different, right? Like UID 2.0, it doesn't rely on your browser as much as third-party cookies. So when you go onto a website, you add your email address. Your email address, if you click the consent form and do all that stuff, it'll be anonymized, encrypted, and then sent to basically a trade desk, right? Where it will then 
then when you go to a publisher's website and say you log into, I don't know, the New York Times or CNET and you use your email address, there's the system underneath that actually identifies your email address with the one that you've already submitted, say, when you bought something on an e-commerce website. And from there, then it says, okay, let's enroll you in an ad. So all the mechanics around identifying you is actually far more personal than it was previously. I mean, I use my mobile device, I use my laptop every day. And there's cookies being stored on my devices for my mobile and laptop. That's about the device. An email address is a little bit more personal. So I think there's an interesting aspect there where a lot of that is the same, same. But the big different bit there is the data that's being used, an email address instead of just a cookie stored in your browser. So I think it's a fascinating time. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. All right, so that is replace, and now there is rewrite. So we're not going from cookies to biscuits, but I'm assuming this is going to be cookies to croissants. That sounds delicious. I actually had a croissant for breakfast, so there you go. So rewrite is all about directly sharing first-party data with a ad network. And there's been this growing trend around retail media, which is basically selling ads on e-commerce websites. So you've seen companies like Amazon and companies like even Disney, Best Buy, all move into this retail media space, which is basically saying, hey, we've got all these customers on our website where they're buying things already, they're sharing data, they're showing us their browsing preferences, but we're not actually doing anything to show them ads. Why don't we run ads on top of that? And so now you have this emergence of what's called data clean rooms, which is rethinking the entire premise of how you share data between a company and your users and the advertisers and the publishers on the other side. So there's companies like Decentric, there's others like even Snowflake that are bringing this technology called a data clean room to allow for data sharing between brands and publishers by anonymizing that data 
and then creating things like lookalike audiences and audiences that look similar to what's in your database. And what's really fascinating about this is that um, this is where all the growth is right now. There's a lot of attention right now on that data clean room space because, quote unquote, everyone's becoming an ad network. Like even Disney last week had a massive announcement of their programmatic advertising solutions. And I think about Disney sitting down watching cartoons with my kids on a Saturday morning. I don't think about them as a massive ad tech giant, but they're actually going in that direction. Same with Amazon, same with a lot of other companies that have got a lot of rich data that they can share and use for advertising. So that's rewrite. It's all about that first party data anonymization and sharing that between those two entities, the company and publisher. All right. So we're not holding the data in the browser for any given marketer to be able to get access to it. We are basically creating a central repository where it can be shared in an anonymous fashion. So we've got replace, rewrite. What was our third R? Rethink. This is the soylent of cookie replacement, <laughs> the beyond meat of cookies. Well, actually, you're not wrong there, Ben. I think that is actually a great way of framing it because Rethink is actually just chucking out the whole idea of targeted advertising in the first place. You've probably heard this concept of contextual advertising, which has been, again, another contender for what happens next after third-party cookies. But in this instance, it's all about thinking, okay, well, we do have a lot of companies, particularly publishers and content brands and media companies now that have a lot more sophistication compared to when first-party cookies started entering the scene about 15, 20 years ago. So those companies are more sophisticated now. They're running their own data models. They're running their own segmentation for their own users. So you have companies like News Corp. You also have companies like Newstar and Yahoo even that are doing this thing, which is contextual, which is saying, well, if you're interested in customers who have, say, a two-year-old child and they're in the market for diapers, right? Okay, cool. You can actually go to these publishers and say, well, we want to target this specific group of people with these specific needs and these browsing history and interests. Now, you don't actually share any data there, but you're actually just relying on that publisher for their own segmentation, their own data collection within their own ad networks. And so that's kind of just taking that whole concept away of tracking an individual user to, hey, we just want to contextually target people based on what they're browsing and what they're interested in. And so, yeah, it's very interesting space. There's a really great tech company called GumGum that is doing this for companies and helping sort of negotiate what those targeting options will look like with all the various publishers out in the world. And so, yeah, I think that's another one. It's kind of rethinking the model altogether. It's thinking, asking the question, Ben, do we really need third-party cookies in the first place? There's some really great effectiveness studies as well that are saying that that's actually quite powerful for some brands, particularly in the fast consumer goods category as well. So that's a third one, rethink. So replace, rewrite, and rethink. A lot of chaos. Let me chime in here and talk about the rethink. That is not rethinking. That is going back to the drawing board. That is the type of advertising we were doing when everyone was buying television advertising. Well, I want to get men that are 25 to 45 and single. I'm going to be advertising on ESPN and Sports Center. I want women that are going to be married in 45 to 55. I'm going to be advertising on the Lifetime Network or the Oxygen Network. We're more sophisticated. We have the ability. I feel like we've proven that contextual advertising isn't as good as in-person, one-to-one retargeting. Talk to me about what you think the impact is and who's going to win between our three R's. 
It's a bit of a free-for-all, but the one that's getting a lot of attention right now in the ad tech space is the first-party data cookie replacement type stuff. The biscuits. So I think it could be the biscuits, yeah, because I think there's a few things that are coming up, right? So for example, the Trade Desk and Lotomay. So they are two of the biggest ad networks in the world in terms of how they deal with display advertising and that sort of data sharing with third-party cookies. Both of them in the past three weeks have announced their own CDP solutions. So the Trade Desk, number one, has announced Galileo, which is a cool name. That's a pretty cool name. But what they've done is they said, well, hey, how do we sync in with your rich CRM first-party data uh, brand? And how do we bring that into our network? So they've launched a new product. The same deal with Lotome, their new product is called Spherical. And Spherical, again, is a pretty lofty name, but it basically has the same role. They're trying to work with brands directly to do that first-party data sharing. Now, that is a massive change, of course, but I also think that there's a lot more traction. So if you look at Amazon's retail media business that relies heavily on first-party data sharing, and Amazon also announced their own data clean room as well for sharing between brands and that particular publisher and retail, that's growing really quickly as well. So I look at it and I think, well, first-party data seems to be the next thing, but should it really be the next thing? I mean, if you look at the history of the cookie, <laughs> cookies were originally, they were actually really developed by Netscape so that an e-commerce retailer, one of the first e-commerce retailers on the web, could make sure they remember a user when they go from page to page on a website. That's what it was really about. I call cookies a remembering machine. They play an important role in the experience of a user, making sure the websites remember that you've logged in, remember your preferences, or what's even in your shopping cart. And then over time, cookies became maligned. Third-party cookies came into market, and then the role of the cookie became far more influenced by ad tech, which is good and bad. Like ad tech gives us so many free services and unlocks so much value for people around the world in the sense of how they monetize websites and create business models around it. But are we really thinking differently here about the role of data and advertising? Is it just, oh, third-party cookies, we can't use that anymore. Let's just move on to first-party data. Oh, look, let us sync up with your CRM. Let us pull your rich customer data in and we'll anonymize it. And, you know, it's a bit of a black box. We don't know what's actually happening <laughs> or how encrypted it is or how safe it is. So I would say that we kind of need to go back to first principles, as you said before, Ben, go back to the drawing board and think, well, what is something that would replace third-party cookies, which isn't just moving to another data source, I think. So that's sort of the main bit there is, well, I think first-party cookies is going to be the next winner, but I am questioning, is it worth, what would it do to the industry and how much does it actually change the internet economy as well? You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And we're going away from cookies because they're bad for you. They're loaded with sugar. Eat too many cookies and it'll kill you. Or maybe they're just invasive in terms of privacy. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to discover other delicious treats that aren't so sugary. Maybe they have things that taste like sugar but aren't sugar. Turns out those might kill you too. In reality, when we talk about the ad tech industry, there's always going to be a need for personalization. There's always going to be an attempt by marketers to be able to understand who is interested in their products or services on other websites and who looks like the people that are converting. For me, cookies are going away. Delicious baked treats aren't. It's going to be more of the same. We'll just call it something different. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Join me again tomorrow when Juan and I continue our conversation examining what is Salesforce business. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Juan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. 
You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Juan Mendoza, but it's spelled crazy funny. It's J-U-4-N-M-E-N-D-0-Z-4. Or you could visit his company's website, which is themartechweekly.com, which is spelled perfectly normally. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. It's the Martech Weekly, or you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.